Well, gents, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. How are you going? How are you doing? Uh, thanks for having us. Well, yeah. I'm good. Well, I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> good yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we can't. We cannot start any any interview off at the moment. It's been the case with everyone we've talked to. Without first asking, how you've been coping with what is worldwide issues? Uh, um, what have you been on? <laughs> Like school, I'm in year 12 at the moment, so I have to do online learning. Mm. Um, it's been quite difficult. I'd say staying at home isn't the most difficult part because there's plenty of entertainment. You can still connect with your friends. I think the hardest part has been kind of accepting that the ATAR is a bit down the drain because I kind of had high hopes for this year. But, um, yeah, that's everything's going great, like really. Just okay. staying in contact with your friends online, um, keep the head down, keep working. What's year 12 for us? What, what, I'm trying to think. Um, it's the equivalent of the last year of school before you go into university. And at the end, you get your... <laughs> I should have, I should have um, yeah, clarified I've that been, before I started. I thought it was funny. What is that? <laughs> so basically in year 12, that's our last year of school before university. At the end, you get your um, mark, which determines which university courses you can get into and basically where you're kind of ranked in the country. Okay, so is that part of your curriculum? And like, so like for us, we end at year 11 and then at 16, you might do two years of college and then you might go to university. Is that it? Yeah, probably. It's kind of, I think it's like the American GCSEs, isn't it? It's like the... Well, no, I always watch in, in like TV shows, everyone's like, oh, after college next year, but they're only 18. Yeah. Well, I always thought college is like, like a university, but yeah. you were just saying that universities different to college i didn't know that yeah, yeah. I have no idea. so it probably is probably the same equivalent yeah it's just the most important year <laughs> that's the important bit of information <laughs> and what is what's your focus uh, yeah. <laughs> um do you mean like subjects or well yeah i mean what are you looking to go to university for to study it's a really good question. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I'm going to study gents. <laughs> I'm going to study gents. <laughs> um, I'm really interested in like physics. Um, I love aerospace engineering and astrophysics. I know those are broadly different things, you know, to say it's like saying, oh, you know, like pumpkin and ice cream, totally different. But I'm interested in a lot of different areas of science. I could definitely imagine doing engineering. Um, also imagine doing a trade, becoming an electrician. There's a lot of things I'd like to do, but I just want to, I just want to maximize the chances, you know, so that I've got options at my disposal. And I, I love that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I guess it's reflective of the music world that you know, and I know, and you both know that there's no point you saying, well, I'm going to make a career out of being a musician and I'm going to be a rock star and I'm going to be selling <laughs> those stadiums out because that is simply not, possible nowadays um has that even crossed your mind um well <laughs> the thing is i don't it's kind of it's always been like the music's the plan a and the other stuff's the plan b but at the same time the plan a is so unrealistic that the plan b kind of takes the primary position as the plan a if you understand what i'm sort of getting at there so it's not that we've ever kind of not considered the idea that the band could be something that might you know financially contribute to our lives but I'm kind of taking on the, the sort of the idea that that's not its primary purpose. If it brings some money and that's great, but by ha having my eye on some other prize, it means that I don't have to be dependent on music for money. 
so I don't have to be constantly disappointed with, with the results of that. Um, and I also don't have to be, you know, broke, basically. Yeah. We haven't sold out stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about yourself? How have you I, been um, coping? I just work uh, full time at a hardware store here in here in uh, Bendigo, and um, it's people aren't isolating, and it's it's great, <laughs> it's beautiful, um, and they it's I've noticed it a lot lately. Um, when it first started to come in, um, more the more the more average person would understand what's happening in all this, but now lately everyone's just going nuts. Everyone. Everyone needs everything right now. And everyone, everyone fancies a paint all of a Yeah, sudden. everyone is just, because they're staying at home, they're isolated. We, they're coming to a hardware store because they're doing up their houses. So work's been really busy and people don't understand that we're really busy and they just need everything right now. So yeah, yeah isolation's going great. <laughs> it's interesting because over here we don't obviously get lots of Australian related newses but all it ever seemed to be before it just went quiet as if you disappeared off the planet uh, was that Australians couldn't stay away from the beaches as if yeah. that you know sums up your yeah. entire country yeah. yeah everyone's just like oh let's do you want to go to the beach let's go to the beach there's no pandemic going yeah. on I just want to dip <laughs> so ultimately you are at this during this period going to release music which um well it's still happening around the world but whenever we talk to anyone again during this period there almost is a certain level of guilt and apologeticness in regards mm. to releasing music as if you should hold off because mm -hmm. um you know people just don't want to have it and so on has that crossed your mind um i think it would cross the mind of anyone who's even mildly kind of self-reflective and stuff it's definitely mm. crossed our mind that it seems really um just like distasteful to release music right now when people are kind of you know financially trying to just hold mm. on and just make it through um but at the same time we considered that we don't make a lot of money from our music anyway oh, and we're not actually asking for anyone's money it's going to be up on youtube it's free to listen to anyway mm. and we figured that it was kind of a tricky thing because we thought as soon as this is over, there's going to be like bands just holding their stuff yeah, back nice. over all this time because you can still write and do stuff in the quarantine. And we figured that once it's done, that you're going to have all these huge, like super big name bands just like flooding the market with music. Mm -hmm. And that we're going to have hard enough, you know, for time getting heard as it is. Yeah. And so we figured yeah. that maybe actually counterintuitively right now is the best time mm -hmm. to release music and that it might be. For a new band, anyway. For, for a new band, at the very yeah. least. For a band that hasn't financially got anything to lose. Like, if we were a really big band looking at world tours and stuff, of course, this lockdown would greatly affect us, but it hasn't really affected us at all very much. Like, apart from band rehearsal, like, it's really not affected us much at all. And because we're not playing shows, the band rehearsals kind of avoid argument anyway. It's good that you see it that way. I think it's important as well to have, like, that view as well that people are gonna people need release and if you are trapped at home say you are stuck in a period because you actually are ill and music's a great outlet and stuff like that and you talk about being buried as a new band um that's gonna happen no matter what as you said um yeah. so what difference does it make yeah and everyone's just been everyone in the isolation well that i've been speaking to they they want well they need something new to listen to Everyone's like, oh, what do you listen to? I've been listening to the same thing for, you know, this album, that album, didn't like that album, this one's good, but I just need something new. It's, it's kind of been, yeah, well, it's, it, now that you say that, now that I think about it, it's been kind of this case of, like, sort of 
universal mm. reverse psychology, right? Because every band's going, no, 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 we won't yeah, release stuff now because, yeah. like, that's that's not cool. Yeah. You can't do that. Like, everyone's, like, in the isolation. That's not cool. And because of that, everyone's, like, oh, wait, your band's releasing something. It's like, oh, my yeah. God, thank God. Like, every band's something. disappeared off, yeah, the, yeah. off the horizon. And so by actually kind of going a little bit against the grain, not really, like, Paving, going a little bit against the grain might actually work to our advantage mm. um, in terms of getting as many people to listen to our stuff as possible, and that's what we want right now because that ultimately will lead to genuine fans who have a genuine yeah. interest in the band. Yeah. Have you had much feedback up to this point for the EP and what you've been doing? For the EP, we've had um, it's it's at a pre-release sort of a stage. So the feedback we've gotten has been sort of limited to pre-release um, reviews. Yeah. Um, all of those have been really really good. Um, you can kind of tell how good it, you get. You're always with the reviewers. You get people with different styles, and you have different people review it. And with some people, it's very it's intrinsically obvious that it's not their cup of tea. And then, but even with people who are really into doom and not really into our sort of stuff, they were still going like, good production. I can really see that they know what they're doing and there's people who like this music should look at this because mm-hmm. they will definitely like it and they're kind of giving us props. And so I think it's generally been really well received. But of course, I'm incredibly curious to see how the general public's going to sort of, um, what, what, what they're going to think of it, basically. Mm, yeah. And it's, in terms of previous stuff, we've just gotten encouragement mostly because it's been mm. um, kind of localised to a pretty a small scene sort of where we are in our immediate sort of vicinity and everyone's just been really, really nice to us. <laughs> Whether they actually like it or not, it's a completely different matter altogether. But um, I get the feeling that people, it, it raises their eyebrows. They're definitely kind of going, ooh, that's good. It's like, will they follow it up? And they're kind of just like on the fence. And I feel like with the EP, we can like give them a boom shove. Do you find that because you are an Australian band, that works to your favour and against it in the sense that since the digital age, you're no longer an isolated country. We now know more about your scene and your music. It's basically not based around ACDC and Rose Tattoo. Um, But there is an expectation almost when people hear an Aussie rock or metal band that you're going to be in that vein. So when you're not, it seems to A, get good um, attention, but also more pressure. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, actually. I'd say being Australian gives us a bit of an advantage, not in Australia. Not in Australia. No, <laughs> and, and, Australian and, and in my personal yeah. opinion, that is where it counts most. Because if you're talking about raw population density and just raw numbers, like just raw. people per square metre sort of thing, yeah. it's probably best if we have a really good um, advantage overseas because being Australian is exotic, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <Here> it's not. <laughs> not at all. Um, but I feel like you're, um, Australians are really, really well received in Europe, and then we'll be able to capitalize on that. Sounds so shitty. We'll be able to um, uh, just they like us more than they we like, like ourselves. Yeah, we, yeah exactly. <laughs> so we'll be able to. Whenever we hear an Australian up and coming band, all Australians are like, oh, oh another Australian, another band. one. <laughs> <laughs> Europeans talk about it, they always go, the talent that comes out of Australia yeah. is crazy. So that kind of works to our advantage. But Australians love the up and coming bands of different countries. Yeah. Oh, American up and coming band. Yes, yeah. that's great. Let's listen to them. It's always grass and greener <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, but Australians are like, uh, oh, go somewhere else. <laughs> I, th- I think as well, like, 
to a lot of people, when they picture an Australian band, it's why they automatically think of your giants. Um, but it also goes in hands in hands with the idea that it's constantly sunny and beautiful and warm and everyone's happy and stuff like that. Whereas, mm. for example, a British band is automatically a miserable black metal <laughs> kind of thing. And <laughs> Americans are rock stadium Bon Jovi yeah, style. Yeah. I think it just goes hand in hand. It really does. Um, yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely a fair comment to make. Mm. Although some of the Australian metal bands very much, um, you know, sort of take on from the influence of British bands like Architects. And there's a lot of doom and gloom here, despite the 45 oh, degree true. temperature. Yeah. Maybe it's doom and gloom caused by discomfort because of the heat. I mean, you could like flip it to be like that as well. Like Australians are more angry because we're melting. <laughs> <laughs> We had a very uh, schizophrenic day today, though. Yeah, it was like, like it was we woke up and it was rainy, and then it was windy, sunny as sunny for like two hours. I got burnt, and then just absolute hectic rain for an hour, and then sunny, yeah. sunny blue sky. The world, eh? Um, <laughs> so, prophecy then debut EP. Give us some insight then into what kind yeah. of prompted a lot of the writing were there specific subjects you wanted to focus on per track or an overarching uh, theme for the six tracks um per track there was definitely yeah um lyrical direction um <laughs> i would love to say i i had it I, I had it planned out the whole time. <laughs> I knew exactly what this was all going to be about. But honestly, like, it was just six tracks that sounded really good and they were really cool. Mm. And later we managed to somehow tie them together, put a little bow on it and go, there you go. Yeah, this, um, is, this is us. I don't think we started it going, right, we're going to write an EP, we're going to write six songs and start yeah. from... We already had, like, four of them written or something like that when we said, we're going to do this EP. And then we did a couple extras to top it off. But... um. Yeah, it does have an overarching theme and it does kind of have one concept that encapsulates all the songs, but it wasn't necessarily written as like one long song mm. sort of thing. Like all the tracks are very, very um, different They're and diverse. Different. Yeah, actually very different. Like yeah. Sometimes even cross genre, which might Ooh, bugger with some yeah. people a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely song by song basis for that. Um, what are some of those that inspired? What are, what thoughts were going around your head when it came to either writing lyrics or specific riff and stuff like that? Was it, well, basically, was it a very metal thing where it was dark and twisted and evil, or was it um, positives? Um, well, Hollow was pretty based on, um, what the, would you say, like the, the government? Yes, we live in a society. <laughs> it's very profound. Um, like yeah, it's... it was kind of. I don't think our stuff really um, is based in doom and gloom. Mm. Um, in with some of our tracks, "Kill the Man," <clears throat> one of the tracks that that we wrote, I came over that because I thought it was funny, like it's satirical. It's kind of the juxtaposition of the lyrics are all about like having murdered someone, and it's like kind of dark, but then the music's kind of like sort of like just a little bit too upbeat so that it kind of like it's kind of a bit off like we're kind of like very trivializing something that's not very tongue in trivial. Cheek. Yeah, very tongue in cheek, <laughs> kind of black humor. Um and then we've got other songs that are kind of just hopeful. They're just really kind of nice, pretty songs. Like there's one yeah, about kind of yeah. Yeah, like yeah. it's like three, three, four um yeah, Origin. Oh, cool. yep. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Origin Origin's all about um as a person kind of trying out new things, getting kind of lost on the road. It's kind of a classic um, coming of age sort of story where you 
kind of get lost and we try to things, but Origin's about, you know, that, that epiphany, you know, the realization that you go, you always come back to the place you belong. Well, you find yourself. You find, you find out who you mm. really are, who your real friends are and that sort of thing. So Very I, typical. Um, yeah. <laughs> a bit stereotypical, but it's definitely not doom and gloom, which mm. I think is refreshing because, well, basically, so, so, so many bands do it so well. We just kind of figured, why would we do it just like slightly? Yeah, we'll let them do. Yeah, we'll, we'll let, let them, them do, do them and we'll us do us because we really enjoy kind of we'll do, different we'll, we'll messages. Do the stereotypical type of stuff. And we'll let them do them. Yeah, we'll be happy. <laughs> I think it's really interesting that you talk about uh, more hopeful and um, less doom and gloom because that's actually what I got of it. I have heard it. Um, we have like half the review written. It's one of those where you want to listen to more and more. It's progressive metal after all. It needs time to sit. Um, and one of the things I've taken from it is that it's very thrilling and that it has that upbeat sound rather than unexpected as you say doom and gloom particularly in progressive metal and it's interesting mm. because if you didn't know anything about you and you just went based off the promotional pack that comes your way and you see a band picture and you look at it and go well they're gonna sound a certain way and then it's not the case <laughs> um, yeah, that, um, the one song better unseen that that is probably the most different song of the ep yeah it's the fastest yeah, definitely. But uh, I, I, uh, I came to Ed one day and I said, um, hey, Ed, can you write a song that uh, I can get people to circle pit to? And he's like, yes. <laughs> yes, I can. And I think a lot of people don't realise that there's a lot of little, like, kind of... Uh, basically, I love how you said that it's got to sit and you actually listen to it a few times to review because that's really... <clears throat> that's one of the things that gets me kind of the most, like, panicked mm. is that people will listen to it once and then be kind of like, like oh, was that was weird yeah that was kind of, yeah but the thing is with better unseen the more you listen to it the more you realize it's actually slightly satirical in that of itself mm. because the drummer and i had always do like the jump into the power metal and we thought it was hilarious and so i said what if i do like the most power metal riff ever and then i just like violently rip it into like progressive metal and put like all these like progressive new elements in that absolutely don't belong. Progressive yard. Yeah, progressive yard. <laughs> and it, it really it really brings that across like pretty well, I think. And the more you listen to it, the more you realise that this thing's kind of a bit of a you know, a little bit of a satirical sort Bloody of good, I reckon. But even though it's satirical and stuff, it's still a good quality song and it's got a commercial pop sing along chorus and there's no shame in that. I think it's great. Oh, oh. Sing along. I love the good. Whereas a lot of bands really are like, oh my god, if you no, they can listen to it. Melody, what is melody? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of we thought that we want to embrace like the traditional pop sort of elements and not kind of reinvent the wheel or attempt to reinvent it. Well, I'm a very big uh, pop listener. I, I don't listen much to the to the progressive and the 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 yars. I'm a very good uh, top charts, Billboard charts, all that. Um, that's that's me, and that's where I bring the 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 flavour. Yeah, I think that's really um, a large part of how sounds sort of developed. We were always kind of poppy and commercial, but as soon as, oh, as, soon as Dan oh, came in, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just listened to really like, periphery and sugar, tested, like it's more screaming, complicated, better, and then you listen to pop, and then it literally just like blended in a really nice 50 50, and then it kind of mm, that makes Einstein, yes. <laughs> Well, there's no, there's no question that if you limit yourself to one specific genre and say, I'm only going to listen to metal because I'm a metal fan. Um, and if you want to make music, that will be a mistake because whether you like, I don't know, pop, hip hop, um, rap and so on is beside the point. Can you learn from that? And in this case, clearly that has been 
the case for you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's it was kind of um we've killed a man, you may have noticed. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I did definitely go through an M and M phase and I was a bit younger and a bit more punchable. <laughs> and that kind of came out in that song with that intro you can really hear it's got that sort of like rap like that kind of yeah yeah sort of vibe about it and then you're I thought, still punchable it's yeah like, yeah i know no one goes yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so basically i'm aggressively white basically that's my problem i got no swag um and our drummer used to be um a, a trap he used to be trap, trap music trap he wrote trap music and so the drummer and i were mucking around and we came up with this like kind of yeah, sort of thing and it like had this real like groove about it, and I said, "What if like, I can put the guitar and like just make it really groove and like bop like a, and we've made something heavy out of something that's kind of a little bit comical sounding like rap, but yeah, we just haven't limited ourselves at all. We've just kind of gone. If that yeah, sounds cool, cool, we're going to use it." And you've also kind of layered a lot of the tracks with some unique um, effects here and there as well. Now, bear in mind, I've listened to it a couple of times, and tell me if I'm picking up the right thing. So, downpour. Is it kind of Middle Eastern twangs I'm hearing in that? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Japanese stringed instrument. Yeah, it's oh, a trio. I thought it was a sitar. No, it, it was initially a sitar, but then it sounded a bit too... And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. It sounds a little bit... What's the difference? Sitar's kind of more... Um, sitar's kind of more desert Arabian sort of sound, whereas the Koto's Japanese. Oh. It was kind of a fine line because... I, I was I was I was desperately confused. Like I was like, if it sounds mildly foreign, I want it in the song. You know what I mean? And then I kind of I kind of mixed stuff up, and I had on the one end like kind of Middle Eastern and then Southeast Asian. And then at the end, I decided I want it to sound. It's kind of like the theme song for like a tsunami wave and monsoon rain in Japan. Like it's got that real sort of sound. Yeah. Yeah, I would have I would have gone with you. I thought it was a sitar as well. Um, but also, you're not afraid to use a bit of synth from what I can hear as well. Um, is that something that you enjoy, synthwave, things like that? I love it. Yeah, I love it. I think it's really cool. It really accentuates <laughs> um, the sort of prog modern sound. Helps Jack and I are really into we we like dubstep and we like like really <clears throat> feel good music. You can really get some nice arpeggios and some really good <clears throat> stuff going with that. Not to mention with the arpeggios, they kind of have like a like a regular sine wave, and because <clears throat> it's like consistent beat, you can weave the guitar in and out in between it and give it more syncopation, so it actually makes it heavier. Um, and, yeah, we just thought it was um, really a, a really interesting idea to just listen to stuff that was really uplifting that we really liked and go, I just love the sound of that, and to just incorporate it. And, I, and also, it's not, a, it's not a completely unique thing to use synth. Yeah, a lot of bands have been doing it and what? have been very... What? <laughs> <laughs> like a good example, um, Voyager, another Australian oh. band. They're like, like 80s, like pop prog metal. Yeah, they're 80. They're 80 years old. <laughs> they're like 80s pop prog metal and they use all these like synthesizers. And yeah, so we, we kind of figured out pretty early on that it's definitely acceptable to use like really 80 synthesizers. And it also has a slightly kind of, not satirical feel, but it's got like, it kind of brings like, um, what is it? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a familiar sound and so mm. it feels good like it, and it really has like just that warm sound and even if you kind of laugh and go like it sounds a bit 80s and stuff that kind of like kind of, it's kind of reminiscing like you kind of hear like a bit of that warmness of the past and like those kind of nicer times or with the, with the music and stuff and it like really integrates in Phil Collins sense yeah yeah I think as well that uh, nostalgic feel is say well Matt 
depending upon age groups as well more than anything else you know if I'm a 15 year old listening to it I may not be able to reflect I'm not 15 I can reflect I'm an 80s child so there you go what's your um favorite track of the six then which one are you the most proud of all right do you want to do favorite track on three uh I was going to say that, that'll depend on the band member the day of the week, the month, and the temperature. Right, because there is really what's yours? Right, right now. All right, one, two, three. Origin. Oh, what? I love Kill the Man too. We really don't know. I think they're all too good. D- different for a different mood. If I'm feeling kind of like, oh, yeah, no, that's fair. That's a fair point. They really do encapsulate different moods, which I also thought was a cool thing too, because you don't necessarily always listen to a release from start to finish. But mm. like um, with other bands that have a very definite style i'll find myself going i can't like after three songs i'm like all right all right yeah because it's really good these bands that are super eclectic i can go i feel like this track or that track or this track Mm. instead of kind of having to like be in a particular mood um i think i love origin as a song the way the way the way it makes me feel and the way the lyrics work with the music and sort of just the general vibe of it because when we were writing it, I definitely had, I got very strong vibes just writing it, going, yeah, a mm. million miles from home. That all just, mm. and then yeah. you said, suggest yeah. by the great unknown. It all kind I of worked. Yes, yeah, that's, that's my little um, But it just has a really beautiful sound. I just think about, because I'm only 18, like I'm still at my origin, but I just, I just kind of think almost reminiscing, thinking about myself in the future, like how far I'm going to go in stray and how much I'll come back and what will stay the same and what will be different. And like in 20 years time, you know, I might be in a different house, completely different, everything, but there will be certain things that are the same, like whether that be, yeah, selling out arenas, (laughs) being rich, that sort of stuff. Uh, People line them up everywhere. But yeah, actually mostly people, just my friends being around and stuff like that. So Origin as a song, I think is my favorite because it just really is a really good mood and it's something really positive Mm. and it's good to kind of pull me back down to the ground and make me kind of think about yeah, it kind of humbles you because you think yeah. about no matter how far you get it, how much you think you know, the origin's the origin, right? And so, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I really love that song. But musically, like, I love Kill Demand. I love the, how the guitars, like, do the screeches and scrapes and stuff. So it, everything, every different song has got different parts that are my favourites. Well, it's good as well because you've only got, like, an EP um, that, as you say, each song can be listened to in a different way, in a different time, a different place, and matter then, which works fantastically (laughs) for the modern world of streaming for playlists and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so put yourself on a bill, both of you. Think individually. Put yourself on a bill with three bands that could either open for you or headline for you um, that I guess are the most influences or most important bands to you and Ironstone overall. Who would you choose? I feel like you choose Periphery. Oh, dude, obviously. I'm just trying to think of it. Open <laughs> yeah, for I you? Like no, well, if it's three bands, is it three and then us? Yeah, three and you. Yeah. At the I'll put us at the bottom. No, I, feel top. I feel like it's overly <laughs> ambitious to try and ask. You're getting to, to book the else. show. You can put yourself at the top. <laughs> we are the show. <laughs> um, without stepping on any, uh, without stepping on any feet or anything, I honestly think the Periphery biggest glad, yeah, glad to support for <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love Periphery. They've really been a huge, <clears throat> huge influence. 
Um, so they'd, they'd be somewhere at the top of the bill, given how big they are, how influential they are. I know I'm not the only one who has periphery. Like, that's a very common theme amongst metalheads because mm-hmm. they're just genius. Mm-hmm. So periphery would be up there. Local Melbourne band 12 Ninja would also be there mm-hmm. as well. They, um, I'd say they'd really they kind of changed my mindset about what the guitar's role is in the band. Before that, I was really into Steve Vai, and I thought guitar soloing was kind of the be all and end all. But then when I heard kind of what they were doing, it became like down-tuning the guitar and the guitar kind of acting as an extension of the kick drum was kind of the new sort Mm. of motto. And then after that, it stopped being kind of like self-indulgent soloing and that sort of stuff. And we really started to like write for the songs and to write to make the whole song good. Sometimes I do a solo if it needs it, if it doesn't, if I feel like it. And sometimes like really simple songs or just a couple notes sustaining it's got emotion. So I'd say 12 Foot Ninja really like pulled pulled me to where I am right now. So periphery, 12 Foot Ninja. Mm-hmm. Oh, Voyager are really cool. Yeah, honestly, just for cool factor, I'd probably say Voyager. Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and varied. <laughs> Maybe we're on because if we're lucky. But... <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'd, I'm not a very big periphery fan, but... Um, I'd probably put 12 Foot Ninja up the top, um, and then yeah, then Voyager. Um, probably us because we're pretty cool as well. Um, and I know about the, the bottom one. Um, or Orpheus Omega are pretty good. They've um, oh, yeah, Orpheus, Orpheus Omega are bloody good. And, and they're all such good guys. And yeah. one of the guys in Orpheus Omega, Chris Demelko, mixed that EP too. So that would actually make the show really fun. That would make. All right, there we go. I hadn't even considered like sort of bands on our sort of like. Level in our local scene. Well, Orpheus Omega on our type of level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you've got to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's also another band that I absolutely love that I put on the band also. I love Evan Ivory. Now, they're mm. a little Ballarat band and I, I'm obsessed with their stuff. I listen to it all the time. They're my most listened band in the last six months. Absolutely, without without a doubt. Yeah, I'm pretty good. And they're, um, they're, very, they're just very much like us in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like they're couple of years older. They're from Ballarat. We're from Bendigo, both in the little towns. Um, they're a few years older than us. But, like, their music's also really oh, hopeful yeah. and interesting. Like, really, it's really... Very nice. It's nice music. It's, it's nice. good yeah. music. It's not yeah. like doom and gloom. They're definitely the ones who stand out and um, really have their stuff too. What's then been the highlight? I mean, I know you've... Ultimately, this is your debut EP, so <laughs> the highlight really hasn't happened yet. But up to this point, yeah. what has been the thing that stands out and i guess have you had that moment where you've been like shit this this could be something yeah um probably oh no, one of the highlights is when um saying just then Chris Malco um mixer master in the ep um even his um him saying that it's it's a great ep it's very well written mm. um it's probably one of his favorites that's for me anyway that's that's a big accomplishment um yeah someone so highly um, godlike in the, in the, Melbourne, in in the yeah. Melbourne metal scene um, for him to say that this is very well done for a bunch of kids from Bendigo. That's, it was good validation. Yeah, yeah. very good. I think that was definitely a highlight. Also, we'd had, um, we've had a bunch of different people mix different stuff. We've always had good results. But with Chris, on our very first, um, what would you call it? Um, not amendment, what's it called? The first draft. When he Next. sent it to us for the first time. Yeah, the first mix. Um, first Amendment. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. The first time we got it back, it was so close to being perfect. It was just amazing. Like, I listen to it and go, this just sounds absolutely amazing. 
And the only things that were problematic, they were like little synth bits that you hadn't even realized, like, oh, that's in there? Like, oh, that's a weird thing to put in there. Like, all these little quiet bits, and then once we discussed it and he put those back up, we are like, literally, that's perfect. Yeah. Just don't do that. That's perfect. And um, in, the, in the past, we've had really good results and stuff, but there's been more wrestling and miscommunication, but Chris just really, really got what oh, we were, yeah. He got the music we're going he for understood what straight we were going away. For, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, we, we can't thank him enough for that. Um, highlight. Well, that, well, more importantly, the point in time where I kind of thought this could definitely be something. Um, that when um, the Osmotis Health Ninja, did he recognise you? Oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, um, I went to the... Uh, I'm endorsed by this um, guitar company called ET Guitars, and they're a little... Um, Kind of, yeah, a guitar builder in Mittagong in Sydney. Wait, and um, with Mittagong. Mittagong? Yeah. Never heard that before. It's in New South Wales. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they built um, a guitar for me. Uh, E.T., Ernie Taylor. Ernie um, built a guitar for me. And I went up to the show and uh, he gave it to me. And I was super duper impressed by it. It was beautiful. I, I use his guitars, all seven string, <clears throat> multi scale sort of thing. A little background there. Um, that's the spare one. That's the black one. And, um, yeah, because the other one's in team at the moment. It's a long story. It's quite complicated. Right. The guitars, I'm attempting to sort it out as we speak. <laughs> um, but I went there and he said, oh, how would you like to stick around? Um, so I did. I stuck around and I got to have like a little tag in the booth and I felt quite important. <laughs> and um, I also um, could talk the leg off a chair. So I ended up talking a lot to the customers and selling instruments and like, I need to try this and, this pickups from this range, with this neck, and this finish, and then he was going, "You're you're really quite you're quite good at this. Like you've got the ability to kind of talk and sell." And so I kept coming back and back and back. And on the second year, Stevic from Twelve Foot Ninja was there, and so I went to him in his Line Six booth, and I ended up getting to talk to him for like forty minutes and stuff, and we chatted and got along pretty well. And then the next year when I came, he like recognised me, and we hung out and chatted again. So that was that was definitely a highlight in the music career. Yes, it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. So. EP right now is the focus. 29th of May. Um, we're at the time of recording, still a few weeks away from that. What what are you thinking and hoping for for the remainder of 2020? Obviously, handcuffed, we're all handcuffed, all bands are handcuffed to a degree. Um, but are you kind of picturing and thinking about getting out live and stuff like that? We hope for it. But yeah. um, we don't know what the Australian government's doing at the moment. Yeah. So um, we can be optimistic, but honestly, <clears throat> if I go with my gut feeling, it, it, we'd be pretty lucky if we managed to okay. play a show. I reckon by <clears throat> October, November, December, we might be able to get a show. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, it depends so much because we've had, in our particular town, we've had no cases, which some people what? would go, oh, fantastic. Oh, well, we've had cases. Like we've a had dozen. Yeah, but. Where have you been? But yeah, like, compare that to like 60,000 deaths in America and stuff, it's like yeah. barely any yeah. 100,000 population. And the issue with that is that it means that people are still susceptible to it and we don't have a vaccine, obviously. So mm. it, it might sweep in in another second wave and the second wave, wave might be, you know, five times more aggressive than the first. And it might go, right, everyone, back inside. Yep. And um, yeah. we write our second week. Yeah, right, the second <laughs> one. Um, yeah, so the plan right now is this is being recorded now. On the 15th of May, we're releasing a single downpour. That's going to be with a video. That's like a one of the songs from the EP. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a premiere of that as well. Um, who are we doing it with? We're doing it with metal.de in Germany for the European premiere and in Australia. No, there's no premiere in Australia, it's just in Europe. And then on the 15th, it'll be released with a music video. 
Um, then on the 29th, we've got the EP release. And mm. then, God, don't know what to do after that. I guess we're just going to promote it and try really hard to um, get our name out there. And we've got clip ideas for all the songs, like music video ideas for each individual song. And Origin actually was like, like a good, good way, yeah, midway done, mid yeah. half done. And then the kind of um, <clears throat> then we got restrictions came restricted in. Hard. And we're going to do like Dan walking down the streets of Melbourne and stuff like that. And so maybe it's possible that if the restrictions get lessened a little bit, then we might be able to just quickly run off and in the space of a couple of hours film that and then just edit it all together and have another video. Um, but that's the kind of the only claim we have for now because we, you know, don't really know what the future is going to hold exactly. It is. Um, it is. A con a, everyone answers the same way. It's a matter of, well, wait and see. Well, just wait and see. No matter what country, where you're from. We're talking last night, I was talking to someone in Sweden. Same problem. Just wait and see. Yeah. Um, right, last but not least then, bit of a deep one for you. Um, during this period, so however you've been affected, whether it's widely or only slightly, is there anything you've learned about yourself or the band? that you didn't before know? Um, Ed's highly addicted to video games. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm highly addicted. Where have you been for the last, like, two months? I've been perfecting my Minecraft. <laughs> what are you playing? Minecraft. Oh, um, Minecraft. Like, like all the big boys do. All the big boys play Minecraft, playing blocks of Lego. This isn't even answering the question, but yeah, I love playing like Minecraft, Rainbow Six Siege, Call of Duty. I love just mixing it up. But for me, it's more social. Like if I'm playing with Dan or the drummer, Jack, or any of my friends, it's just social. Like the games are kind of just incidental. It's just something to do while you talk, and I really enjoy it. Um, other than that, I don't think I really... Oh, I don't know. Well, I think a lot of people have, have stayed inside. I know you've probably stayed inside. You've probably thought about it more than I have. But me, nothing much has changed um, really... Because I'm, I'm an essential worker, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not much. I still wake up, go to work, come home. I don't have much time to just sit at home and and think and and learn extra abilities, I guess, like yeah. juggling. Yeah. Um, but I've always wanted to. No, I rub it in. I'm not shitting you. I can juggle. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'd say you. for me. I'd say that when everything's been kind of been taken away to a degree, like school, social stuff like that, one thing is that I really rely on structure. I think that's something that um, could be said for a lot of people. Um, I do definitely some. It depends on how I feel. Sometimes I do really revel in chaos and impulsivity, being able to go, I want to do this. Um, but the kind of lack of not structure, but lack of direction, kind of structure on a bigger <laughs> continuum, kind of um, bothers me. Um, not that that's necessarily surprising, but I think that now that school and friends and everything have been taken away. The things that I miss the most aren't necessarily the things that I thought I'd miss. Like the school, the idea of year 12 being kind of, you know, buggered and stuff is kind of incidental. Um, it's more my friends and stuff like that. And I think that the band members are more important as individuals to me than like the school or the rehearsals or that sort of thing, that it's just the individuals that are really important. Mm -hmm. Because our band's a unique situation. Like we really kind of started – as when we were little kids and like have gone through members and eventually oh, we've had so much time to develop a skill set that the band members have really been based like picked based on personality and temperament rather than being you know a fantastic you know shit hot guitarist because we're talking about 15 year olds when this band's kind of getting formed so there are no real shit hot guitarists at 15 right. I can even touch a guitar <laughs> but we just basically Einstein consists of 
all of my best friends. And so that's... And me. And Daniel. <laughs> and me. And but Daniel. I, just, I just picked this cutie up one day after, <laughs> after school and, and dropped him That's out. actually a really interesting story. <laughs> I, like, never take the bus home from school. I've done it, like, five times in total. One time, totally ticked my mum off. She said, that's it, little shit. You're taking the bus <laughs> and you're going to walk home. And I went, right, I fucking will. <laughs> and I went to school. And then I was going home, got on the bus, got out, and then all of a sudden it started to just like pour rain. I'm like, oh, you know what? It's a bit of a downpour, right? And, and then mum was like, oh, you can, you know, ring me and I'll pick you up. I'm like, no, I'm going to walk home myself. Big man, I'm going to walk home. <laughs> so anyway, I'm walking down the street, down the side of the highway, and it's like pouring rain. And uh, Dan was driving his car, and he must have seen the back of me and seen the ponytail. I'm like, oh, oh shit, dude, yeah. this you. And so he's like, driven up and pulled up like next to me and going, hey, man, you want me to give you a ride, hop in? And I'm like, stranger danger, stranger danger. That's a ride home. Um, and then he said, oh, no, wait, you're in that band. I'm in stone. And he was like, oh, okay, well. Maybe the stranger doesn't know. If he knows who the band is, it's fine. So I got in the car with him, and I'm like, oh, yeah, so what do you do? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm singing stuff. I'm like, yeah, no way, that's crazy. And he threw me in a ditch. Now, then he drove me home. Mum's like, you bloody freeloader. How'd you get home? I'm like, oh, this dude gave me a ride. And then um, she called the cops, found me, got me arrested, uh, and then yeah, I came home one day and I said, "Yeah." And we found out he was a singer, and so we um, paid for his bail and took him into bail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on home arrest. I'm stuck in the house. Uh, <laughs> if he hadn't have pulled over to pick me up, like that's that's prophecy right there, isn't it? Something was meant to be because that is oh, bizarre. Prophecy, child. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Prophecy or abduction? Or abduction. Yeah, that's the Prophecy sounded better, to be honest. Kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, I think through the whole process, mate, I've just learned how important individuals are to everyone, that we are social creatures at the end of the day, and that even people, you know, introverted or extroverted, um, or people who kind of swing wildly between the two, that people are really important. I really miss the pub. About it. <laughs> that's a good takeaway, too. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell of what, <laughs> uh, we'll wrap it up there. Guys, thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great time. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal, what else is life for?